Auburn's got a ton of talented newcomers coming in who can start, who will play, and who may redshirt in 2023. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joining us. Ferg, I want to play a little bit of a game today. All right. If that's cool with you, let's Do call it. it start, play, or red shirt and look at Auburn's 2023 commits slash signees. So we'll include some names that are guys that are committed that'll that are planning to sign in February, like Jeremiah Cobb. But um, what their path to playing time could be, and you know, look, we've talked about it time and time again. This Hugh Freeze transition period that we're watching right now, the roster that he inherited is not great, and so we'll see. Uh, we'll see kind of what some instant impact players could potentially be. So let's start with with the guy that I think is the best player in this class. Keldrick Falk, the four-star. Some places will have him as a defensive lineman. Some places will have him as an edge. You may see him as an outside linebacker. We'll see. But in your mind, Keldrick Falk, start, play, or redshirt? Which category are you putting him in? I'm going to put him in play. Wouldn't be surprised if start is is an option just because Auburn doesn't have a ton of edge guys uh, on their roster. I think they could really use another one. They got Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt, but I feel like they could use some more. To me, Keldrick Falk is very similar to Dylan Brooks and in the fact that played a little bit of a smaller school uh, in high school. He's yeah. got all the physical tools that you need to succeed. Um, and it's like guys who make that jump from maybe not as high as level of high school competition to the SEC may take him a little bit longer. Um, so I think he needs some polish. I think he needs some time. But he's exactly what you want as, as an edge rusher for, for Auburn. I think he's got all the tools um, you know, physically. And, you know, here's the thing. To be from such a small place like Highland Home and be a high four-star uh, prospect, Hard. You, you've got to be showing something. you got to be showing something not only with what you do on Friday nights, but what you do in these camps and what you do in these combines. Um, so I think Auburn just needs anybody who can help them out, especially at the edge rusher position. They're going to be changing some things on that defensive front because of the new, new system. Um, so start wouldn't stun me. But I do think he's a little different in that he might need a little bit more time just because he's a guy who's making a pretty big jump. Already bigger than Dylan Brooks. That, that's my yeah. biggest concern he's with Dylan a big Brooks. Guy. I feel like Dylan Brooks should be bigger at this point in his career than he is. Um, but that, that's what we're dealing with. Uh, I haven't talked to you since Auburn Adam McAllister. Do you like mm -hmm. the, uh, the former Vandy Edge player? Yeah, it's a, it's a good pickup. I think... You know, a guy who doesn't have a ton of stats, but to me, can he be a Marcus Bragg for you? And like Marcus Bragg came in it's and played win. played some big some big uh, yep. uh, minutes for Auburn this past season, made some impact plays. Dude has been in the SEC for a while and uh, is looking to try to try to get on the map a little bit bigger with his last year of eligibility. I think it's a great pickup, and you you will take any edge rusher with experience that you can get right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to put Keldrick Falk in the the, the potential start. Mm -hmm. category Ferg. I, I'm really high on him. Um, we'll see. I think it's going to come down to him or McAllister when it's all said and done. And they may both kind of play similar snaps. One may yeah. be the official starter. One may be a rotation piece, but I think we're going to see a lot of them. All right. Darren Reed, 
the 6'4", 270-pound four-star defensive lineman. I've got him as play simply because I think he's going to back up Marcus Harris, probably. Yeah, I think your interior defensive lineman right now, you know, any of those guys can have a potential to play. You know, defensive line, you can get on the field a little earlier. I know the last staff didn't play a lot of young guys up front. I think that's going to be different uh, moving forward. But yeah, Darren Reed. It has to be. You don't have enough bodies. Darren Reed, big dude, formerly committed to LSU. He's from right down the road in Columbus. Um, I, you know, I think, I think any of those guys with those defense in the defensive front, you want to have a deep rotating defensive line. You're going to need some of these young guys to step up. And that uh, Darren Reed's in a position where Auburn absolutely needed some guys. Kay and Lee, probably my favorite prospect other than Jeremiah Cobb in this class, the four star cornerback flip from Ohio State. I've got him at play with the potential of starting by the end of the year. Kay and Lee, it's going to be interesting to see what Auburn does at uh, corner moving forward. DJ James still weighing his options. He's got that uh, senior bowl invite, was one of the highest rated uh, corners in the SEC this year. Yeah. I think if he struck his, if he decided to strike his uh, his NFL stock when it's a, a, at its highest, it would be a smart move. Obviously, Nehemiah Pritchett could come back for another year, but he went through senior, um, you know, uh, senior day stuff, so not expecting him to come back. But like, they've got corners, they've definitely got safeties. They're going to need guys to step up at that at that corner spot uh, and move some dudes around. Corner nickel. Kay and Lee obviously is, is is a guy who's very very talented. Ohio State thought highly of him. Auburn's able to flip him. You need young defensive backs to play every year. I, I think back to uh, you know JD Rim playing this past season. I think sure. back to all the safeties, the young safeties that have played over the last couple of years. You never have too many defensive backs, and you always like to throw them into the fire early. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely in in that mix. So you you got him as in the play category? Sure, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I, I do like that. That that's right. And you know, you've got guys like Austin Osbury, like you know, who were really highly rated guys who didn't play as much. So it, your results may vary on young defensive backs, but he he definitely, sure. if you're projecting out, he he seems like he'd be in that in that category. Let's lump the next two guys together: Sylvester Smith, the safety; Terrence Love, the safety. Both four star guys. I think, I mean, you just play so many defensive backs and you're going to put these, these are the type of players that you put on special teams. I, I think oh, yeah. both these guys see the field. I'm seeing more and more chatter about Love, a bigger guy listed on 247 at, at 6'3", 195. Could he potentially move to linebacker? Because you, you, you don't have a whole lot of bodies in that room. I think they find ways for both of these guys to play to some extent. Absolutely. I think, you, you know, you look at like Caleb Wooden getting on the field this past year, Caden Bridges getting on the field early, even though he was a redshirt guy. Yeah, like you will play young safeties and you can you can find different roles for him to use, especially with the nickel and dime packages and stuff like that. Both these guys, again, Sylvester Smith, Tennessee guy for a while, Auburn being able to flip him. Terrence Love has been committed, I think, probably longer than anybody else in this class. Long time. Uh, yeah. Other great Jordan, I think. Yeah. And so really good, really good pickup uh, there. Both of those guys. Much like Kay, Kay and Lee, you can find pass, pass for playing time for young DBs uh, just because you need so many of them. Right. Right. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, our guest today. Let's touch on some of these interior offensive linemen. Their path to playing time. Very, very interesting. Today's show brought to you by our friends at the NHTSA. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many, and it's time to go and you think of calling for a ride home and you say, no, what's the worst that can happen? 
you get pulled over, you lose your license, do you total your car, do you kill someone? Drive sober or get pulled over, especially focusing on that during the holiday season. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. What are folks missing out on right now if they're not currently subbed to the Auburn Observer? Got a lot of basketball coverage, went out to the West Coast and covered them with USC and Washington. Obviously, Auburn's grinded out win on Wednesday night over, over Florida. We'll have plenty of basketball coverage moving forward. And also, keeping an eye on football. Got the roster tracker uh, if you want to keep track of everything. Some of the stuff we're talking about here. Uh, scholarship chart that we update. Keep it updated uh, as, as much movement as, ha- as is happening over the last few weeks. And yeah, some other it's a big mailbag out on Friday. I had a, had a story on Zach Etheridge. You look at Zach Etheridge's recruiting numbers. It is crazy yeah. how much work that dude has done for yeah. Auburn in the last couple cycles. Uh, and so, ton of stuff. AuburnObserver.com. It's six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year. You get all of our podcasts as well, and you get uh, you get every newsletter sent straight to your email inbox. All right, let's look at some of these interior offensive linemen: Clay Whedon, Braden Joiner, Connor Liu. If you had to put them in a bucket, start, play, or redshirt, what are you doing with these three guys? I'm leaning redshirt for offensive linemen at freshman. I mean, that's just guys straight out of high school. It is so hard to play. In the SEC, in year one, you have to be a really, really rare talent. I'm not saying it's impossible for any of these guys, but it's just also on the interior, Auburn's got a little more experience coming back than they do at tackle. So I think they can kind of, I I think they can kind of manage it. Now, you come in in the spring, you compete, you know, you might be able to turn some heads and surprise the folks. LSU started two true freshmen this year and they won the SEC West on their line. It's not impossible. So could they find a role? Yes. But more often than not, I usually just default to if you're if you're a true freshman on the offensive line, you're going to need that time. You're probably going to take a redshirt year. All right, are you, are you like this across the board? So the tackles that we haven't talked about, Tyler Johnson, which is a kid coming out of high school, and then Xavier Miller, a little different with the JUCO guy. Do you, do you think a similar situation with the offensive tackles in this class? Well, well not Xavier Miller, just because he's JUCO. I think JUCO, JUCO you get yeah. you get JUCO guys because you think they can play right away, and they, you know they're not always going to play right away. You know, sure. Auburn's had some JUCO guys in the past not not work out immediately, um, but yeah, Tyler Johnson may be a guy. I think Johnson's one of those dudes that I love his frame and I love just kind of what he brings to the table. Might take some time, just some polish there for him. Xavier Miller definitely him and Dylan Wade, the transfer from from Tulsa. Those are guys that you can look at and say, okay, you can potentially pencil them in as starters next season because you're getting dudes with experience. And Auburn's got a lot more guys they want to go after in the portal and elsewhere on the offensive line. Um, so Miller is the one I would probably put ahead of just because he is a JUCO player and you go get JUCO players for this reason. Uh, but, yeah, if you're coming straight out of high school, I'm going to lean towards the fact that you're probably going to have to take a red shirt if you're a high yeah. schooler. But let's see. You'll see where the chips fall when it comes into spring practices and fall practices. New staff new eyeballs and look it's not impossible like i said lsu lsu show last year you can start some kids up there and still have success do you think we're three-fifths of the way to forming the starting o-line with wade and and miller at the tackles like you said and then i guess jeremiah right at left guard do you think those are pretty you feel pretty good about those yeah i think those are three guys you could feel like are probably going to be starters somewhere uh, on this offensive line you've got other guys that are potentially coming back or have some starting experience. You know, like what does Tate Johnson look like when he's fully healthy? If that's just somebody they want to turn back to at center, who knows? Um, but they've got experience. And I do know that there are a number of transfers that Auburn's going to continue to try to recruit yeah. in the portal. 
the rest of this window. And then keep in mind, after spring practice, there's going to be another round of guys who might potentially look at Auburn and say, well, I'm not going to start at my school right now. You know, I might be the sixth or seventh offensive lineman at school X or Y. But, man, I could go to Auburn and potentially start right away. There's going to be some guys like that probably popping up in the portal after spring ball. So a little bit of a patient route there with your offensive line and how you have to build it out. Is there an offensive lineman that we didn't really get to see last year that you're like, you know what, he could totally bust it and be great in the spring and be a starter this fall that we haven't really been able to see yet? Colby Smith. I like Colby Smith. I like Colby Smith. Uh, he's huge. Um, he's the only he's the only yeah. tackle they have on this roster that's been in a two deep at any point. He hasn't played a lot yet, but he's been around the program for a little while. Maybe he's the guy. He was I if I remember correctly, he was a four star coming out of high school. Like I I, I, right. I, I yeah. like I like Colby Smith's upside. Yeah, there's some other guys that you can kind of kind of poke around and see, but like Colby's the one that kind of stands out to me the most because there's there's such a need at tackle right now. Do you think Auburn just gets as many tackles as they can and then you could scoot guys inside the guard? Or do you think they'll go out and get specific interior offensive linemen in the portal? I think you could I, I think you can get some swing. I think Dylan Wade's a swing guy. He's a little bit smaller for a tackle. Um if I remember correctly, he's like six four, six five, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I think I think you want to lean two ninety. Yeah, I think you want to lean more towards your tackles, and then you know some of those can actually be swing guys if you want to play them on the inside. Yeah, I, I just like the idea that it's probably probably going to be four out of the five guys are different, and like I'm fine with Jeremiah Wright being the guy that's coming back, which yeah. is weird. How like they didn't want to play him when he was like clearly the best guy, but they're like no. Let's bring him off the bench because that makes sense. So bizarre. But I think with like a full offseason of like actually investing in him and not changing his position three times every offseason. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think it could be a, a massive thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's when he was on his game. Now he made some he made some young player mistakes and stuff like that in the season. But like when he was on his game, he was a force in run block. And I think yeah. in the month of November, when Auburn really started running the ball well, he was a he was a big big part of that. Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Uh, as far as linebackers, Ferg, that's my biggest concern of this roster right now. Yeah. Because I mean, you talked about it. Like, there's a vision. There's like steps being taken to fix the O line. There's not like an obvious answer for linebacker right yeah. now. You've what, got uh, you've how got do you dudes. Fix that? You've got dudes, but you just haven't seen a lot of them. Like there are. Do you? I mean, you've got like guys like Robert Woodyard. Guys like guys you haven't seen as much of some of these transfers and guys like that you haven't seen play a lot. Maybe you kind of maybe you kind of who would you put into that 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 pot though? Uh, so Woodyard, um, Asante, Asante. Yeah, you okay. didn't see much of him this year, and he had some of that. And then like you do have Cam Riley coming back, you do have Wesley Steiner coming back. Like you have guys, but like you don't have like okay, this is the, you know we feel super confident about X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, at your linebacker spot. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you need depth. Obviously, you need you need more guys, and you could you could take some more experience for sure there. Yeah, that's the one position where you're kind of looking at it. You're like, I don't know what you know, because even in the even in the 2023 class, they had some guys they were going after, but it didn't really seem like inside linebacker wise, there were things that they they really felt like, oh, Auburn's got a really good shot at this guy. So yeah, yeah I mean, they've got 
it's not like edge rusher where you just look around and it's like, oh, there's like really not a, uh, anybody there. There are people there, and there's some guys with some experience or guys with some upside, but it's like putting it all together in a cohesive package. We just don't know how it's going to develop. Yet. Do you feel comfortable going into the season with Cam Riley as your number one backer? I think you could be. I think you may. I think I think you need. Okay. Some, I think you need to feel good about who you pair him with, you know, and um, you know what that looks like moving forward. I, I thought I thought Cam. I thought Cam. There were games this season where he played really really well, and sure. and and there were games where it was it was kind of a struggle for the defense as all. Well. I like what Cam Riley brings to the table. Um, I just think it needs to you know what's around him and kind of the shell around those linebackers is going to be just as important as the guys who are in there themselves. Um, so. But yeah, if Auburn can go in and find a linebacker in the portal that 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 they feel like could, could start right away, sure, you 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 feel you feel good about that. I, I I am a Cam Riley fan though, and I think that he showed some stuff, especially towards the end of the season when he got more playing time. That like, okay, there there's something to this. Yeah, Ron Roberts as a defensive coordinator, he's got a track record of linebackers being good. Oh, yeah. under his watch, and oh, like yeah. the idea of Cam Riley's like reaction time being a little bit faster. That's really exciting to think about. Yeah, I mean, Terrell Bernard uh, at Baylor, he had he had some really good dudes at, uh, at Lafayette as well. Like there, he's got he's got a track record and, and and linebacker. What he does at linebacker, and then what they do with that star position, that 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 do it all kind of DB that they've had the last few years. Is that Kaufman? Uh, probably so. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was a guy like you look back at Jalen Petrie, who is now uh, with the Houston Texans. Um, at Baylor, I mean, he was like leader and like tackles for loss for them. Like they do a lot of stuff with that group. So very inventive and just how how do you get creatively where you want to be? But yeah, linebacker is a position they got they got to get more talent in and got got to shore up and they've got time to do that. Did Auburn dodge a bullet or maybe a train? We'll discuss that in just a moment. Right here, unlocked on Auburn today's show brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. For whatever Auburn merch, swag, memorabilia, whatever you need or want for you or for a family member or a loved one, be sure to check out our friends at Alumni Hall. They've got two great uh, in-person stores in Auburn and Opelika. The Auburn one is on College Street. The Opelika one is in Tigertown. And they've got all kinds of stuff to search for. They've got great prices. And it's all officially licensed. You're getting the real stuff. You don't have to worry about the orange being a little off or the blue being a little too bright. It's all officially licensed stuff. You're getting the legitimate Auburn swag and memorabilia and gear that you want. And if you're out of town, you're like, man, that sounds great, but I can't make it to Auburn, Opelika, or anywhere in East Alabama for a while. Go to alumnihall.com. They've got a great website. They've also got other teams if uh, you're a a mixed family when it comes to fan bases, be sure to check that out. AlumniHall.com or check out their stores in Auburn and Opelika. Ferg, it was it's hard not to uh, to be on this side of the Auburn and Ole Miss dynamic and watch what is happening in Oxford as ever since rumors and reports came out that Lane Kiffin and Auburn were talking. And look, this is coming from somebody who I wanted Lane Kiffin. I wanted Lane I Kiffin... Two years ago, when, when, when Gus was fired, I wanted him to go get Lane Kiffin. And uh, ever since that happened, like you just saw a demeanor change in Lane Kiffin, and, and you know they lost out, essentially, for their season. And then just seeing him on the sideline in Ole Miss's game against Texas Tech, I mean, it was just a disaster, Ferg. 
like it's just this dude that was kind of fiery and passionate has just kind of like shriveled up and Ole Miss has looked terrible over their last four or five games. I do wonder how much seller's remorse uh, that Lane Kiffin's going to have moving forward um, when it comes to not taking the Auburn job because things have not gone well. Uh, They did not sign a very good recruiting class. They have not really made the transfer portal noise that they usually have. There's still time for that. Um, you know, had a had a had their top quarterback commitment flipped to Texas A and M, which I know obviously irritated uh, Lane, especially in the light of the Jimbo uh, stuff with NIL and all that. Uh, yeah, it hasn't gone well uh, for Ole Miss, and that's the thing. It's like I think Lane Kiffin's a great coach. I think he's a great play caller. I take what has happened to Ole Miss in the last few weeks and months more of a thing on Ole Miss that there are ceilings and caps that you are going to up against at a place like Ole Miss that might not be as much at a place like Auburn or a place like Tennessee or others where I'm not talking Alabama and Georgia. I'm just talking about what that step up is because Ole Miss is Ole Miss. Like they have, you know, they beat Auburn this year and they've had, um, you know, they've had some really good teams over the last few years. Obviously Auburn had, or I'm sorry, Hugh Freeze had success at Ole Miss. Uh, But like they haven't won an SEC title in 60 years and they haven't been to Atlanta for an SEC title, like there's stuff that's just kind of naturally um, you're, you're going up against. And I think he's really, really kind of feeling it. Whereas if you go to a place like Auburn or some of these other places in the league or elsewhere in the power five, you have a higher ceiling just cause like, look around, man, like Auburn's been to championship games and have won yeah. championships. A lot of them since Ole Miss has gotten there. And so I don't think it's as much as on Lane Kiffin as much as it's like, yeah, man, this is the reality of what happens if you decide to stay at Ole Miss. Yeah, and that's obviously what he did. But it's just the whole saga between like Lane Kiffin and Auburn, the way he handled it so poorly with him ending up not taking the job, like he ticked off the entire like Ole Miss fan base. And yeah, then, they were ready to just be like, okay, I'm fine, let him go. And then it's like he stays. It's like, no, well, okay, yay, we got him, we kept him. And then they just keep losing. Yeah, all of the, like, there's a lot of people screenshot and message board posts, like, throughout the week, like, Fire Lake Kiffin. We could have had Luke Fickle instead of this guy. And all Number this one, stuff. no, you couldn't have. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get real. He went to Wisconsin. He didn't go to Ole Miss. Wisconsin's uh-huh. got, got, some, got some upper mobility there that Ole Miss doesn't have. Uh, sure. But, yeah, it's just. Look, I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder what happens with Lane because this will be the longest he stayed at a place um, when he, you know, when he, if he takes more than a year, I guess, left of his old Miss contract. So it's like, what yeah. does that look like? And, you know, did the window of opportunity for him to step up potentially to a team that has a program that has a little bit more of a championship ceiling than Ole Miss, did that pass him by? Or, you know, or is he gonna? Or is this just gonna be kind of a bump in the road? You know, at Florida Atlantic, he had that one really bad year, and then that next year he came out and, and, and caught fire again, and ended up going to Ole Miss. So, yeah, maybe it's one of those. But it is a rut. It is a big time rut for sure. And uh, yeah, Texas Tech that game never really felt close from what I from what I could could gather. No. And and they had to do some like wild fourth down stuff just to even kind of hang around a little. Like, yeah, I went for it on like his own eleven. I was on like twenty six. It's like, what are you doing? Like I know the analytics or whatever, but still, just you got to feel the game at some point. But whatever. No, I I think uh, I think one program is trending up and one is trending down over the last month or so. That's that's the, yeah. It, 
I think even the most even and fair read of it is that, you know, Ole Miss is not going in a direction that you want to go. And I think the recruiting thing is still the crazy one to me. It's like you have Lane Kiffin and your class, I think, was the worst in the SEC this this cycle. Like Auburn in a few weeks with with uh, Hugh Freeze just zipped right past him. Yeah. Uh, in rec- like that's that's not a great sign. And it, it doesn't seem like they're they're not having as much success right now. I should say right now in the transfer portal as they've done in the last couple of cycles. And like that has been kind of vital to their success. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe he gets it going. Maybe he lands some guys moving forward, but like the, 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 the outlook isn't like rosy right now. And, and of course, Ole Miss fans are taking it calmly and rationally. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can't talk, right? Oh, no, no one can. No one can. No one can, man. I mean, like, hey, Alabama, like, you know, their folks mad at Nick Saban for potentially not getting rid of Bill O'Brien. And I was like, you know, okay, all right, cool. You know, just signed the number one class in the country. He's the greatest coach who's ever lived in college football. And it's just like, yeah, but what, but. But the coordinators are bad. And it's just like, okay, like you know, every every fan base is crazy. Uh, it makes you a little bit more crazier when you don't have that that same level of success as others do. No, you're right. You're right. Ferg, one more time. How can people check out everything you got going on? Auburnobserver.com, six dollars a month, sixty dollars a year. All of our newsletters, all of our podcasts get emailed to you. Whole lot of basketball on there and a lot of off-season football coverage. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Twenty twenty three should be uh, a pretty fun year for us. So sign up. Great time to do it. Yep, that's right. Our final show of the year. We'll see you next year. This has been Locked on Auburn.